0: The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. But, 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 Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my dear
1: friend!
2: I say
0: that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all.
3: The
2: right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms.
4: From my cold, dead hands.
0: Friday.
2: That's my rifle, my gun. This for fighting, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on the uh, Second Amendment issues. Uh, Right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska uh, on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator and around the world on the Internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find links to our audio only uh, the, with a the live stream and uh, the podcast uh, stuff and stuff and things, you know, all the all the all the different things. Uh, but if you go to michaeldukeshow.com, you can find all the good stuff that's there as well. Welcome to the program. It is hour two, uh, hour one rather of the big radio broadcast for Friday, uh, and we are ready to go. Uh, lots of stuff to, uh, lots of stuff to talk about today, um, and you know it, it's uh, this is. This is, another t- this is another time when you're like, let's not grow weary in well-doing because, uh, you know, it just seems like we are fighting the same argument and same battle over and over and over again. And there are people on, uh, on the other side of the argument who are just willfully blind, just willfully blind uh, to what the problem is uh, here in, uh, in the United States and uh i want to talk well, i want to talk a little bit about that this morning of course we've got the news out of uh, uh out of uh, nashville from earlier this week that uh we need to kind of go over and see what lessons uh, are learnable from a situation like this and uh we'll will go on from there and and uh and, and see what see what happens. That's that's the that's the plan anyway for today's show. We'll also uh, open up the phone lines and uh, take calls from you uh, to see what your thoughts are, um, and we can have that discussion uh, as well. Any uh, you know, it's it's Q and A. Uh, it's gun Q and A, uh, and so any topic is going to be fair game. Uh, whatever discussion talking point that you want to have. Whether it's on, uh, you know, practical, tactical, uh, you know, stories about the law, or or questions, or feelings, or hot takes on what's going on with the gun laws here in America, or the situations of things like Nashville, Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you as well and see what you guys uh, are thinking on this topic. As we uh, as we cover it this morning, then this morning at the end of the show, in our final segment, in hour two, we try and lighten it up. Uh, we try and lighten it up a little bit, and we will uh, bring Willie Waffle onto the program for some movie reviews. Which uh, last week we missed the uh, we missed the opening of John Wick. Uh, at the movie theater and since we didn't have willie on last week uh, i'm hoping he's going to bring us some discussion on that movie and uh, there's another one i've been waiting for which is the uh, the new dungeons and dragons the new D movie uh, with chris pine and company so i'm i'm looking forward to that discussion at the end of the show Today, and I'll again, just some of the little lighter side stuff because uh, you know, it's it's been a heavy week for those of us who are watching the national uh, news and watching the national headlines and the reactions to things when bad people do bad things. It is uh it's horrific and it's horrible and it's heartbreaking. Uh, and yet the answers that are supplied by many uh, would do little, if anything, to stop the problems and instead would also endanger many, many other people with their actions. And I, I just I, I find it I find it hard to believe that uh, that this is that this is where, you know, that this is where this is this, the merry-go-round, the cycle of pain that we continue to jump on over something like this. And. The complicity of the news media in this is pretty astonishing uh, because they are constantly harping on the one thing, of course, guns, uh, in this situation. Um, But at the same time, they're ignoring other components of this. And I find that, well, I find it disturbing at this point. Um, So we'll see. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll see what goes on from there. Uh, but anyway, phone lines are open. Uh, I have got the phones uh, locked and ready to go. And so, if All you would like to, if you would like to participate in the show today in that way, uh, the easiest way to do it is to go over to uh, the phones and uh, give us uh, give us a shout. Phone lines are open right now at 907-433-3150. 907 433 3150 from Soldotna to Stevens from Seward to Selawik from Delta to Diomede Satellite West has got you covered no matter where you are in the state of Alaska just uh, go over to their website at satellitewest.com and check out all the tools and technology that they've got for you there uh, for the ability to make a phone call or to send text message, to surf the internet, to send email, to do to stay connected, no matter where you are, in the state of Alaska, SatelliteWest.com is where you go. They've got a full list of their local retailers and vendors from around the state of Alaska, and they are uh, they're ready to uh, they're ready to go right now. Just go check it out again, SatelliteWest.com, and thank you to them for sponsoring us uh, every day. Here on the program statewide <clears throat> satellitewest.com. That's where you go to uh, to cover these things. Okay, so you know it had to happen uh, eventually because uh, he just he just can't he just can't keep his mouth shut. Alec Baldwin who is currently under indictment for involuntary manslaughter, <laughs> utilizing a handgun, decided that today, uh, well, yesterday uh, was the day to sound off and let his feelings be known on gun control. Peter Frampton, of course, the musician Peter Frampton, tweeted about the schooling, the, the shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville. And, uh, he talks about, uh, Dunblane primary school in Scotland, uh, where there was a killing 26 years ago of kids and a teacher and goes on to talk about how the UK government, boy, their tight gun control was the way to go and everything else. Um, Baldwin reposted the tweet on Instagram, uh, without a caption, seemingly in support of gun control, but, uh, it, uh, (laughs) It plumped. It prompted. It, plumped it It prompted some serious blowback. A lot of people. Or one person was like, "Read the room, Alec. You're unbelievable." <laughs> you know, kettle and pot um, is the guy that killed someone with a gun lecturing people on gun violence. Well, I guess he has firsthand knowledge. I mean this <clears throat> this was the reaction overall. Um, the uh, In the U.K., let's talk about Frampton's tweet to begin with. Uh, there hasn't been another school shooting in the U.K. since Dunblane. Prior to Dunblane, there hadn't been a mass shooting at all. Uh, unless, you know, there had only been one throughout history, even if you'd use the gun violence archives definition, which is a we've talked about how they've defined mass shooting in so many different ways to make it mean so many different things. In other words, they weren't commonplace in Dunblane before that shooting 26 years ago. So it's pretty premature to say the gun control laws aren't working out over there. And in fact, you could see other violent crimes. If you ever go out and watch a video from somebody and uh, from a guy on, on on YouTube named Amidst the Noise, he goes through the absolute out of control growth of overall criminal violence in England after the uh the ban on firearms for self-protection uh and he talks about it how it just it it just escalated uh to the point to where they were having more violent crimes in england than even in america yes yes the hell on earth that is america that everybody's still dying to get into Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but baldwin alec baldwin thought it was smart for him to get in there and sound off and Throw you know, throw his hat in the ring, because you know, uh, we we can't be trusted with guns. But Baldwin is the one who showed that he can't be trusted with them. I mean, that's the whole point here, right? Now, I uh, again, I hate to bring statistics into this. I really do, but I mean because. <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, minimize a tragedy and bring it down to simple numbers but when things like our fundamental civil rights are being threatened, then I think we have to. Now again I'll preface all this as saying each and every one of the deaths at this latest shooting and and quite honestly in almost every shooting in the world, they are tragedies every one of them. But when you look at it from a statistical standpoint and the number of people who are here in the U.S., the number of people, you know, number of citizens, 320 to 300, almost 330 million people in the U.S., you look at the number of actual acts of of, of violence and death with a firearm and you look at all these other things and you realize that statistically, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of gun owners are lawful legal they do the right thing they haven't hurt anybody they haven't you know they're not intending to and everything else and you have this outlier of a less than one percent of all overall gun owners who have done something badly now when you take it to the term of legal gun owners it gets even smaller Because much of this violence, and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit when we talk about some of the other statistics and things like that, is the fact that much of the violence that we see, the gun violence and the death, is criminal on criminal violence. And many of those criminals are already prohibited by law from owning a firearm. So when you when you change the definition or modify the 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 uh, the values if you're you're looking at it from a statistical standpoint to say put the new parameters in for legal gun owners not criminals that percentage of you know legal gun owners who've done something bad is even lower if you exclude all the pre not i'm not i'm not talking about people who became criminals while they were legal gun owners i'm talking about people who are already criminals and should not according to the current law should not have access or possession of a firearm period and that's something that the news media never focuses on i saw an actual story the other day that um that uh actually talked about the statistical number of deaths by handgun versus firearm. And they were pretty close. They were still a little high. They said 5%, although they were conflating the uh, they were conflating rifles with uh, with the uh, uh, AR style rifles, evil black rifles, right? Modern sporting rifles, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and so and they, so they, and they didn't delineate when they said 5% are rifles. Um, that that the subset of those rifles, and it's less than that, it's actually le- it's at less than 4%, it's like 3.8% of all firearm deaths are from rifles. But they don't point out the fact that the AR is a subset of rifles, that most of those rifles are long guns and shotguns and things like that, and that the ARs make up less than half of the deaths from uh, the long gun category to begin with. And the problem, again, this goes back to the complicity of the news media, where they're not being 100. They they use just enough truth to get you going, huh? And then they they leave the rest of it out. And that's unfortunate, because I think people can make an informed decision if they're given all the truth. All the truth. Um, But that's a difficult thing in this day and age to get a hold of, it seems like. All right, well, the phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. We're going to go through some of the lessons learned today. We're going to talk about some of the other stuff and what the reaction has been from those on the other side. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more Firearms Friday right after this. Don't go anywhere. How you guys doing this morning? You ready to uh, you ready to crack into it? stuff update: Two million dollar thief, at least twenty four victims, fourteen felonies, three convictions. Released on probation, allowed to leave the state two days after conviction. Well, I guess it's good money if you can get it. Good money if you can get it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Released on probation and allowed to leave the state after glomming together two million dollars. Well, just well, I guess it makes you sh- question your faith in the system sometimes, doesn't it? For sure. Um, ban trans, not guns. Yeah, I think that that's um. It's really something that's being overlooked in this whole discussion and the mainstream media, um, you know, is uh, is ignoring a big fact on this. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, Disarmed peasants can't cause the gentry any problem. The nouveau riche nobility. Uh, You filthy peasants, just do what we tell you and it'll be a utopian society. You don't need guns to protect yourself. From us, no, 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 no. All right, several of these mass shooters have identified as something other than they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, she was a female, had documental mental issues, red flag laws should have been able to prevent. Her from being able to buy guns. Sadly, the system failed once again. Guns don't kill people. Mentally ill who are delusional kill people. Who else wants to see the manifesto he she wrote? I've been waiting for them to release portions of the manifesto. Um, some of the other writings brought up some very interesting things, including the fact that the suggestions from the uh, uh, from the right, from the NRA, from the pro-gun side, after Parkland, if they had been instituted across the country, they may have prevented this. Um, because again, you cannot legislate evil or insanity. You, you can't, you can't legislate it. You can't legislate against it because it's just, it's not, because it's not sane, because it's not moral, because it's not something, you know, it, it it tries to, you, you know, because criminals by their definition, break the law and the insane don't care. That's what's going on. So yeah, some real issues. Uh she was a former student at this school which uh causes uh some other uh questions. Um but we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about all this here. Um as we go through this here. And see what uh what uh what other people uh, what other people's thoughts are as well. Uh, if you want to sound off this morning, I'd love to hear what you have to say at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Feel free to uh, give us a ring and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat We'll chat about this here this morning. Uh, I'd love to see, love to get your thoughts on on this as well. Uh, don't forget, you can also drop me an email. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com, M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say in there and more. But I definitely would like to see the manifesto, Bert. I think that I'd like to see what she had to say. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to kind of get a little bit of insight into what's going on. So interesting stuff. Uh, let's um, uh, let's uh, let's uh, jump back into it, I guess. So uh, like and share, like and follow, like uh, and uh, and subscribe on YouTube. Let's get back to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thick and radio.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon?
1: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
5: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes.
2: That's right, Assault Radio assault radio um, so this shooting uh, down in Nashville uh, is again just another tragic example of um, what I think is an ongoing mental health crisis in the United States. Um, we know a little bit more about the shooter now than we did obviously on day one um, the big uh, the the big news the big issue, um is that uh she was had a documented mental health issues um that she had uh, attended this school in the past uh that was a she was a known quantity and yet we proceeded uh you know we proceeded ahead here on this and i'm not saying that that uh, there should be like a laser focus down on anybody who has mental health issues. I do do not want to create a stigma. And this is really, quite honestly, one of the missions of uh, the organization uh, Walk the Talk uh, America, uh, which is uh, Michael Sodini and Rob Pincus, uh, two of my friends uh, who have uh, started that organization here about four or five years ago, that's dealing with. Uh, with issues at the confluence of gun ownership and mental health. We do have some real issues with mental health in America, and we haven't figured out a way to deal with it yet. Um, with, the, um, with the closure and the federalization closure in the 80s of many of the mental institutions in the United States, um, which I think in many ways was a good thing because there was some horrific stuff Horrific stuff going on in mental institutions across the country. I mean, you you just you crack open your web browser and go look at the history of some of the mental institutions across the country, and within ten minutes you'll be sick to your stomach at some of the treatment and some of the things that happened on there. The problem is, is that they dismembered the system without having anything else in place, and that left uh, that left a real. A gaping hole in in the uh, you know in the system that allowed hundreds of thousands of mentally ill people to kind of go just unchecked to go out and have to deal with this on their own or try to deal with this on their own. Um, I mean, we've seen again the instances of uh, of uh, you know mass shootings and violence. We've seen the homelessness. All these things, many of these things have to do at their root, in part, with mental health disorders. And we haven't gotten a handle on that. And it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I do not want the system that was in place before because, again, it is so, so horrific. But, again, the problem is, is that you cut the underpinnings out of the previous system without setting something else up to take its place. So I guess at some point you've got to be asked the question, what did you think was going to happen? This is not, I mean, this is not an unforeseen circumstance if you had, you know, bothered to have some foresight and look forward into this. Okay. All right. All things on that being said. um, It was, uh, yes, exactly. Hawkeye. So exactly what I'm talking about during the Reagan era. They cut the mental health budget and the mental health institutions. And again, some of it for very, very good reasons. But you can't just cut off the support, you know, and expect everybody to just float along happily. It's not. Anyway, it's that's a that seems like that's a whole nother show. What are some of the takeaways from what happened in Nashville? That's something that we attempt to do um, when there is something like this that happens. How do we um, how how do we deal with this? Um, and what are the lessons learned? What can we take away from this? And figure out what's going on. Well, I will say that one of the things that we can talk about and uh, and 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 take away from this is that we should really be looking at hardening our schools Um, in the wake of parkland uh, the parkland shooting in florida that was one of the ideas that was advanced and it has been advanced it was the same thing that happened after uvalde and some you know was that they should harden the schools Now I had to deliver something to a school in Anchorage here a few weeks ago, something to do with a radio station. And, uh, you know, I had to get buzzed through a security, you know, it's basically, it was a a Arctic entryway where you got to get buzzed in and then you got to get buzzed in again. It was pretty hardened right now. I mean, obviously if, uh, You wanted to attack the building. You could probably get in fairly easily. But it wasn't just I opened the door and walked into the school. And that is part of the hardening of the school systems and the school buildings themselves. We advanced this idea after Parkland. And the anti-gun activists, the the gun control folks, they they ridiculed that. We shouldn't have to do that for our children. We shouldn't. But you're willing to go through it at a bank or you're willing to go through it at TSA or you're willing to go through it at any other location, a courthouse or a legislative, uh, you know, legislative building, a capital. You know, I mean, you're willing to do it for all them, but your children are not worth the idea of hardening the of hardening the facility. I mean, I thought the children were our future. Right. Teach them well and let them lead the way. I thought that was the whole point, but no, they were aghast that you should harden. The, I, my kids shouldn't have to go to school, and the, there are many things that we shouldn't have to do today. Many things that we shouldn't have to do today, but that circumstances in life has forced us to do. Oh, I'm so sorry on that. That's just how it rolls. That's what happens. But this was the first – that was one of the first ideas. Harden the schools. Make them harder to get into from people from the outside. And so we go back now to the new Nashville shooter. And uh, somebody in the chat room uh, – I think it was Bert in the chat room – said um, that, you know, she was a, she was a female, had a documental, documented – Mental health issues, red flag laws should have been able to prevent her from being able to buy guns. Um, Who else wants to see the manifesto she wrote? Because she has written a manifesto. It's been reported in every major news outlet. But there have no there's been no reporting or, you know, there's been no I haven't seen anyway. If any of you out there has seen the manifesto, I would love to see uh, a copy of it uh, or, or, you know, a transcript of it. Uh, but they also found a bunch of other writings in her vehicle, which was there in the parking lot. And in some of the writings, they discovered some of her plans, how she planned out the whole thing. They found diagrams and sketches of the schools. But one of the most interesting parts of this whole thing is a comment made by the chief of uh, the chief of police there, uh, police chief John Drake, who... Uh, who confirmed whether this shooter, um, first of all, the, it has been confirmed that the shooter did attend this school years ago for you know, however many years. she was 26 or 20 she 28. So she did attend this school 10 years ago. but uh, they found other writings and diagrams. There was a, a map of drawn including surveillance and entry points and everything else, all different kinds of things. And there was more information. This, to me, was one of the most interesting points of information that the uh, police chief talked about here. Here's what he had to say.
3: It was the only school that was targeted. Uh, There was another location that was mentioned, uh, but because of a a threat assessment by the suspect, uh, too much security, they decided not to. And that area
2: was here in Nashville, so we're continuing with that investigation as well. After a security assessment by the suspect that there was too much security, they decided not to. They were gonna they were gonna attack another location first. And what they found was a hard target. This is very similar to many of the John Dr. John Lott and I have talked about this many times. Uh, There have been many times when the writings and manifestos and plans of these shooters have been analyzed after the fact and they talk about going to different locations or wanting to attend at another location, but finding that there was too much risk for them in being shot. That's why some of them uh, went to malls and things like that, because they were not expecting to be interrupted by law-abiding citizens who had defended themselves. They were looking for a turkey shoot. Right. I mean, this is what they were looking for. And they avoided targets that were that in any way they considered to be a hard target. And yet, again, the anti-gun crowd. Well, we wouldn't want our kids to go through that. But you go you willingly go through that, you know, at the again, at the TSA, at the courthouse, at the legislative building, at the you know, you name the place. Any there's there's plenty of places that you go that you're willing to, but you wouldn't want it to be out there to protect your kids. I mean, so sidebar, first and foremost, here's reason number 1305, why I would want to homeschool my kids so that they're not in a situation like that, because you can't control other people. Right. You can't control what they're going to do. So that's a sidebar. That's one of the things that I would personally do to prevent that. But if I was sending my kids to public school, hell yes, fortify that stuff up. Yes, locking doors. Yes, metal detectors if you needed to do it. I mean, sure. Those are the most precious resource we own, folks. Right? Those kids are our future. There's, I mean, Whitney Houston was 100% right. Why would you be resistant to that? I mean it, uh, it it should be it, it it's just insanity it's insanity that they should I mean they should they should be locking down and hardening schools across the country right now faster than ever I mean Uvalde should have accelerated this for many people for many areas around the country but now you look at this and you know for a fact that she had another target in mind and decided not to because it was too much of a hard target, too big of a nut for her to crack. And that's that's just the way it is. Uh, all right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense liberty based free thinking radio it is firearms friday phone lines are open you guys have been awful quiet today love to hear what you have to say feel free to sound off we're going to talk about some of the reporting on this as well here in just a bit we'll return in just a moment don't go anywhere Uh, did I get your email? Uh, no, that would mean that I would have to have my email open, which I didn't have my email open up until now. So let me go over here. Um, um, there we go. Uh, I haven't looked at this, uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter status. Let me take a look at this to see what's going on here. Um. Uh, we can't see the manifesto because the transgendered lobby, which is far more powerful than you are, has pressured politicians to keep it hidden. Interesting. I'll have to come back to that, Tony, and take a look at that. It's a nine-minute, it's a nine-minute video clip from Tucker Carlson, which we can't get to now. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll take a look at it. But I would not be surprised um and we're going to get we're going to get into those uh we're going to get into those things here in just a moment and uh and continue the discussions um i'm looking around to see is there anything else on this that i missed here this morning since the show started okay all right we're all good we're all good um If, uh, Kelly Nash says, if it was a Jewish church, it would be a hate crime. If this was a Muslim church, it would be a hate crime. It was a Christian church. And instead, and, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Secu- security. What was this security to go through, to get into a prison for visits, to go see the criminals. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just reading some of the comments here. Bert says that, uh, responding to Brian, that said she only recently came out as being what? As being trans? As being, she was getting mental help. None of these professionals involved flagged her as a danger. So, interesting. Interesting. Um, Fox did a segment this week on cameras that can detect guns. There's no reason this technology can't be put in and just outside of every school in America. If the camera detects a gun, it automatically alerts lurker police. Yeah. Um, um yeah, I could see that for sure. Okay. The point is uh, that we used to keep these people locked up until they received sufficient treatment so that they could be in society. Well, again, this <laughs> the former the former mental health system was uh, not a success, Hawk. I mean I just there's no two ways about it. It was not a successful system. Uh, and in fact, it was horrific for people who should have been receiving help instead of, you know, there were some. I'm sure there were some good things that came out of it, but there were story after story of just horrific conditions at state and mental hospitals. It's not a. It, it it was not a pretty picture. But the problem is, is that when you dis when you dismantle something like that, you have to have someplace else for them to go. You have to have some. If the system you have is not working, you don't just dismantle the system and walk away, which is essentially what they did. And we're wondering why we're having all these problems in the country today. Um, Monster was also 28, still living at home, so the fact the parents didn't see anything going on. I have not read enough into the psyche of this uh, chick to figure all that out yet. Like I said, I'm kind of waiting for the manifesto to come up. If it ever does, maybe it never sees the light of day. I don't know. Maybe it never sees the light of day. Maybe there's so much pressure to treat her as a special class because of her thing, her gender thing. Maybe they just maybe they never put that out there um it 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 it's it's interesting um being in order to restrict firearms from the mentally ill they have to be adjudicated as such being on antidepressants and seeking help doesn't qualify them as being unable to possess a firearm true but if their so-called vaunted red flag laws, if she had showed any indication that she was a danger to herself or others, the red flag laws could have been used to do to uh, doing that. Trans activists are calling her a martyr and calling for a day of vengeance. <laughs> OK, a martyr for shooting and gunning down small children. The, I mean. I guess that would be proof that there's some mental illness going on in that crowd, if that's the case. Okay, uh, jumping back into it The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Here we go. So (laughs) some interesting conversations, um, some interesting conversations for the chat room, um, which I are, uh, which I am, I'm just shaking my head. Some of the, some of the news and some of the stories that are coming out about this. Um, I'm looking, uh, day of vengeance uh, i'm just i'm googling some of the stuff uh, i'm i'm just googling some of the stuff that are going out there uh, that people are talking about the the trans the trans community apparently was um was calling for a day of vengeance I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, Choosing to fight. Some uh, were calling the shooter a martyr. Although, I don't know... (laughs) The what? A martyr for gunning down nine-year-old children? Uh, That makes you... And getting shot. If that makes you a martyr... um. Again, I think we've got some issues inside that crowd, uh, if that's the case. Uh, apparently, Twitter has banned posters promoting the trans day of, gen- of of vengeance. That's been going on. They're saying it's supposed to be tomorrow, the 1st of April. Although that is April Fool's, so maybe it's just the whole thing's just an April Fool's joke. I have no idea. I know that we're more divis- uh, d- divided today than we've ever been, and for many, many reasons. Um, but... Uh, You know, I just feel like I want to be Rodney King in the background screaming, can we all just get along, you know, Uh, but apparently not because uh, people like this have uh, uh, have uh, are out there doing bad things to good people. And if we continue to just sit around and take it, that's going to be that's going to be part of the of the whole of the whole thing of the whole problem. Let's come down to brass tacks though on the news media's coverage of this. Um you know, we already talked about the security upgrades at the school. How the the media and the gun control crowd, they really kind of mocked the whole idea that um that that you know, we could have locked down or made schools a tougher target. Um, But in this case, again, it's proved yet again in this case that this shooter decided to choose a second target because the first one was too hard to attract. And then we talk about the political motivation. And this is something that the news media is not, they are in no way ready to talk about. Whether the attack was politically motivated. Somebody in the chat room said, you know, if it was a Muslim, uh, if it was a Muslim uh, uh, synagogue or uh, um, if it was a Muslim church, if it was a synagogue, if it was a Jewish church, if it was anything else, it would be a hate crime. But because it's a Christian church, they're silent. You have a trans shooter at a Christian church. Now, it was confirmed later on that she had been a student at this school, and it's a private school. So maybe she had some history there of going on. And again, we don't know because we haven't seen any of the writing. So there's this is all speculation, all speculation at this point. But the bottom line is, is that you've got a trans shooter at a Christian church, and she had a manifesto. That, that's the word that they've used, manifesto. Which usually means it's some kind of political crusade. That's what a manifesto normally means. It's some kind of, you're trying to achieve some kind of political end with your manifesto. And yet, none of the main, mainstream media outlets are talking about it. I mean, it's it's just radio silence on that part. <sighs> It's it's frustrating. It's just very frustrating to learn all this stuff. Um, all right, we got some phone calls here. Uh, let's jump back into it and see what you guys have to say. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
0: Good morning, Michael. This is Larry in North Pole.
2: Hello, Larry. What's happening? Um, or from
0: North Pole. Oh, I'm just about ready to go into work. Um. Um. Our are you going to do the, uh, sports show next weekend?
2: No, I'm doing the gun show doing the show, uh, at the outdoor show, 22nd, and 23rd, uh, in, uh, in Fairbanks.
0: Okay. That 22nd, 23rd of this, of, uh, April.
2: April? Yep. Three weeks.
0: Okay. Okay. Cause I, I haven't heard any ad. um, uh, and and they got the women's thing there this weekend at Carlson, but I thought next weekend was a was a sports show.
2: Oh, no, the out- I guess I'm mistaken. Yeah, no, the outdoor yeah. show is on the 22nd and 23rd in at the Carlson Center.
0: Okay, all right, I might be able to make it there then, uh, not with any tables, but I I'm going under the knife again Wednesday, and oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not gonna be up and around. Doctor, doctor putting me on eight pound weight limit for <laughs> the
2: next six. Feet. Oh man, that's a bummer. Man, no. All right. Well, Larry, yeah. I hope to see but, you up and around for the show. Right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. All right. Uh let's uh go over here, take another call. Uh good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: Hey mike how you doing? Fred, how you man
2: Hey Fred, what's happening, my friend?
4: Not much. Well, you know, chiming in on today's topic, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the same old, same old, you know, it's what I've been spouting off about for a while now. You know, there's more to it than meets the eye. There's a hell of a lot more to it than meets the eye. And, you know, it's, it, it, all you have to do is connect the dots. I mean, it's pretty much that, it, it's pretty much no more complicated than that. You know, they sit there, the and it's the same scenario, which is really kind of astonishing when you stop and think about it why is it always an ar-15 or an ak why is it always any a, a, a defined assault weapon that is being used in these things all right and why is it always the same scenario i mean copycat is one thing this is a little too perfect this is a little too perfect for it just to be coincidental i think and i think they should really be because the fbi you can't trust anything that comes out of their mouth well i think so it's uh, politically
2: corrupt Fred, I think it's monkey you know, see, monkey. Really I think by it's anything
4: that they go by as
2: far as investigating. So. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think it's monkey see, monkey do in a lot of ways. I mean, because the news media is covering this from every angle and giving you all the grisly details, it's pretty easy for somebody else to draw up a game plan from something. All they have to do is watch CNN, and they'll figure out exactly if they want to copy the other person. It's, 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 and look at all the coverage they got, right? So this is exactly where they're going from here.
4: Well, yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of credibility to that, too. No fact, like the Rodney King riots. you know I mean? They just night after night after night after night to show it and eventually just blew up into, you know, just, you know, tearing, tearing the town apart. You know, and I think if they shut up early in that whole thing, that, that riot would have never taken place. But then again, you know, who knows? But, I mean, you know, like you say, you connect the dots, and I think it's quite easily to figure out. But you look at a lot of other things that are going on, too. People like George Soros. Who's the number one scumbag in in the world, as far as I'm concerned? He he's responsible for more problems in the world than he, you could, you could, you, could you, know, you could possibly imagine. I mean, you look at the whole thing, him backing these, uh, these 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 district attorneys with this leftist communist viewpoint, and that you know what they're doing, especially with Trump. I mean, you know, everybody's talking about well, let's invite Trump, you know, with this, you know this Alvin Barr, and who's behind Alvin Barr? George Soros. Who is responsible for biting the bricks during the riots of are, you know, 2021? George Soros, you know, and, but no, he, they, Hey, how come he's not sitting before Congress right now, answering questions of sedition, right? He just sits back in the shadows and pushes buttons. And of course, he's on everybody. He's on everybody's favorite list as far as the, as far as the libs go. I mean, he's, he, he's, sure. he's holier than now as far as they're concerned. But you know, like I see these people have got to be called out. And I think they have. I think they have a hand in this. I really do. I am totally convinced they got a hand in all this. They want to see chaos and confusion and separation and you know the downfall of this country in the worst possible way. And they should be dragged down, dragged out of the light into the shadows of this.
2: Well, I mean, Fred. I mean, I I appreciate I appreciate you calling in and hold the line for a second. You know, look, I I don't agree that I think I don't know. as – Well, I don't I don't think that this is planned as far as you know what you're saying i i I don't see necessarily the evidence of that yet uh copycat yes but i think that has more to do with news media complicity than anything else Uh, but we can continue that discussion on the other side the michael duke show common sense radio Uh, Fred, I want to give you a chance to have a light last bite at that apple. There, uh, I mean, I look, I don't, I don't believe that this is some kind of false flag or anything else. I think what we have here again is a, is a, like I said before, is an episode of monkey see, monkey do. They they see all the news media coverage, they see the infamy that comes out of this. The news media breaks it down step by step for them. It gives them essentially a playbook that they can copy. The the last guy. Uh, from doing it from, and and uh and that's and that's what they go out and do. Again, I think that this is uh, in some ways, uh I think the 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 biggest component of this is a mental health crisis. That's what I believe. But uh it's well,
4: I I I agree. There's a lot to it. it, it but they'd be perfect. They're, they're, they're the perfect cases to you know to be picked up on. You know what I mean? I mean they're already they're already one one foot on the grave and the other one on the banana field to begin with as far as the mental health goes. But then again, they, you know, they, they're like, they the perfect candidate to be recruited for something like this by, uh, by, some, I don't know, some scumbag, you know, hired to go out and find these people. And I say hired to go out and find these people and coach them and put them in their way. You look back at Evaldi, once again, Evaldi. The kid had no, he didn't have any real resources to get the equipment he got, but he got it anyway. So that makes it that that kind of sets off the bell, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it, some, some, something's not right there. Sure. It's definitely not right there. Well, yeah, I mean, a, I definitely. Yeah, up too many
2: breadcrumbs. yeah, I definitely got some questions, and that's never really been answered that I've seen to my satisfaction. How does this kid, who works a low income job, come out You know, come away with you know six or seven thousand dollars worth of new firearms, uh, and equipment. You know, I mean, that's it a.
4: Diso- what? then doesn't and does this also play right into the biden let's get the assault weapons from the nine let's go back to the 94 assault weapons bill his yeah. bill that he crafted or had a hand in yeah and now he's gonna he's gonna try to revise that for some kind of political status i mean doesn't just the dots fall too perfectly in line to just be random here way yeah. too way too close
2: well uh fred i appreciate your call my friend it's good to hear from you thanks for calling in this morning Okay, you take in no, I'm like. All right, I'll talk to you later. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, if I'm ready to believe that. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to believe that this is some, you know, underarching conspiracy. Will they take advantage of it? Absolutely. Um, will, you know, and again, I think it's more of a tone of media. Co- there are still some questions. Like I said, that Uvalde question really bugs me. Like, where did this kid, because he had two... He had two rifles, one of which was a $4,000 rifle. Where does he get that rifle? Plus the ammo, plus the armor, plus the, you know, again, it was several thousand dollars worth of equipment. Where did that come from? Where did he get the money for that? Did he just put it all in his credit card? Did he just go down there and, I mean, I don't know. That's never really been, I mean, we're not really privy to a lot of those details. And, uh it's kind of frustrating and so we speculate when uh, all that stuff comes down uh as to what's going on um and is it a is it a concerted push by some people on the left to keep the to keep the narrative alive i i don't necessarily see any evidence of that uh it does look suspicious but there's not necessarily any evidence of it and so I am very leery of jumping on that bandwagon and saying, well, it's all a big conspiracy and it's a false flag to get the thing. Uh, the similarities are chilling, but let's face it again, they've got the playbook written for them and, and right in front of them on cable news. All they got to do is look at that. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, it's an interesting, interesting discussion. Uh, Hawk said he thought the shooter at Uvalde had degrees in technology and probably had the money. I thought that he was, well, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again, I'm sure, in the future. Uh, Bert makes an interesting point, and I agree with this. I thought this was one of the most interesting things that I saw about the coverage of all this, is that the left is absolutely melting down about how the mainstream media is deadnaming her and misgendering her. Him, Dead naming, by the way, is a term for trans people when you use their birth, their given name instead of the name that they've chosen now that they've decided to change genders or identify as something else. So they so they call it dead naming. Uh, But how the mainstream media is actually using her name, which I will not use, I will not use her name um and misgendering her i will not call her a him i will call her a her because that's just uh it's just that's just who i am at this point i don't know them personally so there you go um they don't seem to care one bit uh that more children and adults died again at the hands of someone living a life of delusion well again i think it's pretty petty to be worried about dead naming and misgendering somebody who went in and murdered a bunch of people I think you pretty much lose your rights to not be dead named or misgendered if you go in and kill children. Right? I don't care if you supported that. With and, I, you know, if somebody wants to be called something, fine. I'll, you know, if somebody wants to be. But you lose all of that right when you go in and kill children. Sorry. That's just, that's just, that's just the way it goes. Um, <clears throat> So. Yeah, no, the guy, yeah, that's right. The guy at Uvalde worked at Wendy's. How did he come up with six or $7,000 worth of hardware? That's, um, that's a question. That, my friends, is a question that I don't know as we'll ever get the answer to. They don't care the children lost their lives because they want to martyr her. Well, if that's the martyr, you're, you're in a religion of death if that's your martyr right there. That's that's the point right there. Uh, all right, we got to go. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We continue. Hour two, dead ahead.
5: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast.
2: The Michael Duke
0: Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael
2: Dinksham. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be. Fridge, not being the Firearms.
4: From my cold, dead hands.
2: Friday. It's my rifle, it's my gun. This is for fighting, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the big old radio program. Good morning, and thanks for coming in and joining us. Hour two of the big radio broadcast today. Firearm Friday is the day, of course, that uh, we sit down and we talk about issues related to the uh, Second Amendment and to gun rights and to discussions on why that's important. And it seems to be a conversation, obviously, that's lost on many people. Uh, And I'm obviously preaching to the choir for folks who are listening to this program today, because probably most of you um, are in agreement with me. Now, if you're not in agreement with me, I have no problem with that. I'll be honest with you. I I have no problem with that. And you're welcome to call into the program and explain to me why you think I'm wrong. Um, And we'll have a congenial conversation about it. The phone lines are always open for that. If you want to disagree with me, you're welcome to call in. Uh, We don't do name-calling on this show or shouting over each other or anything else. We try to have a little bit of, uh, you know, accurate thought kind of give and take. Uh, And so I would love to uh, – so I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. 907-433-3150. 907 433 3150 is the phone line, and all four lines or five lines are open right now. Want to say thank you to Satellite West for sponsoring the program today, as they do every day. Satellitewest.com is where you go to find them. It doesn't matter from Shaktulik to uh, Shishmaref to Soldatna to uh, Seward to. Give me another S. Give me another S word. So some other city in the state of Alaska or community that begins with S. Uh, Any one of those places, uh, no matter where you are in the state of Alaska, they've got technology to keep you on track and on target with phone calls and emails, text messages, surfing the Internet. They've got the tools to make that stuff happen. Go out and check them out at satellitewest.com. Selawick. Did I say Selawick? That was the other one that I was thinking of. Okay. um, Sitka Skagway. Thank you. You guys are all helping me out now. Okay. um, Hour two, we've been talking about the Nashville shooting and um, some of the lessons that were learned there. One was that we should be hardening our schools. We should be hardening our schools every day. Uh, I mean, my first solution to this was from a personal standpoint, if you want to protect your person you personally protect your own children, uh, my suggestion was <clears throat> don't put them in brick and mortar public schools, but that was that doesn't help everybody else. If you want to help everybody else or you can't pull your, sk- your kids out, then um, then I would uh, I would suggest that you uh, encourage the schools to be hardened. Because as we learned from the police chief there in Nashville, the shooter was actually going after another target first. This is probably one of the most interesting things we've learned so far on this whole situation. It was the only school that was targeted. Uh, there was another location that was mentioned, uh, but
3: because of a, a threat assessment by the suspect and too much security, they decided not to in that area was here in Nashville so we're we'll continuing with that investigation as well.
2: So they discovered through a security a risk assessment that there was too much security at the first choice and so she went with the second choice. This they discovered from the writings that she left behind, right? The plans and the writings and everything else. So we need a hardened school. We need trained, well-armed security guards Uh, I mean, I know that they're after some of these shootings, you know, veterans groups have stepped up and say we've got plenty of combat veterans who would love to have a little extra spending money to be able and, you know, they'd be more than happy to go through the halls and do that kind of stuff. Um, Does it make it a little more? And, of course, you know, everybody on the left, our kids shouldn't be subjected to that. Well, yes, you're right. They shouldn't. But this is the world we live in. And as much as you wish it away, it's not going to change. As much as you wish it away, it's not going to change. So you have to do some things. Because obviously the laws and things that we have on the, it's not working. I mean, I said it earlier, you cannot legislate insanity or evil. You cannot legislate against it. Because neither one of them care, first of all the evil doesn't care about your law. I mean, they're criminals. They call them criminals for a reason. They break the law. And the insane just don't care because they're insane. I mean, they just they, you know, they're divorced from reality, so it doesn't matter. It's um uh, it's 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 frustrating. It's crazy. But then the reactions pop out. The reactions pop out from uh, various, uh, you know, news organizations and everything else. Uh, for example, there's an op-ed in USA Today that uh, came out and basically said, "Well, let me just <clears throat> let me just read this to you here because this was so blatant and blunt and shocking." This is from Rex Hupke, Hupke over at USA today he wrote this piece uh here uh uh, uh, middle of the week and said three children and three adults are dead gunned down by a christian elementary school gunned down in not by sorry gunned down in a christian elementary school in tennessee by a human being who had no business possessing an ar style rifle an ar style pistol and another handgun but 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 The Second Amendment, some will scream like a myopic, zombified Greek chorus. Okay. Then he goes on to say, hang your Second Amendment. It's Monday in America and there's yet been another school shooting. Children are dead. The students who weren't shot are forever changed by the trauma. And plenty more people across the country will be killed by gunfire in the days to come. Because, as I wrote a few words earlier, it's Monday in America and we have a whole damn week to go. Hang your Second Amendment. Well, what about... Mr. USA Today writer, hanging your First Amendment. They don't like to play the substitution game. They they don't. They just don't. They just don't like it. I mean. And it doesn't really at this point, you can stop reading whatever this writer has to say, because when he is willing to fundamentally violate your. And again, not looking at it. We talked earlier in the last in the last hour about the statistics and the, the number of people, the number of people who are armed, the number of people who own guns, the actual number of legal lawful firearms owners in this country and their rate of criminal activity, which is excruciatingly low, less than one percent. And yet he says, hang your Second Amendment. Well, some people say bad words, Mr. Hupke. Some people put forth violent and vile ideas in their free speech. So we think we should restrict your free speech because of their actions as well. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No, that's just how it is. Sorry. I mean, he's not open for discussion on little on on literally anything else that could potentially reduce mass shootings. To him, it's all about the firearm. It's com it's it's totally clear that his that the Second Amendment is irrelevant to him. Boom. Totally irrelevant. But we're supposed to be a country that values freedom, but apparently only the freedom that certain people like. I mean, this is the whole tolerance thing all over again, right? Oh, we're, we're all for diversity and tolerance, but unless it's something that offends me, in which case, then it's just bad. Then it's just hateful. I mean, I think you can all agree that with this statement that, you know, some of the most intolerant, tolerant people are those on the left who are crying for tolerance and diversity, unless, of course, it's diversity of thought or diversity of idea that does not match up with what they say. And then it becomes hate. So we've got, you know, we, we've, we've got the ability to be able to protect ourselves. You know, America is supposed to be all about freedom, and it's protected in part by the fact that we have – I've said this many times. The only reason America is still as free as it is today, and it is still the freest nation on the face of the earth with all the boils and blisters and warts that America has, the problems that we have, we're still free. And the one reason why you can thank uh, your stars that we're still as free as we are is because we have been an armed Society it protects us. It is an implicit check on the government. An implicit it is an implicit threat and a check on the government. Meaning it's an implied threat because they know that if they go too fast, too far down a road to tyranny, there is a way for the people to resist. And I know people are just oh ho, 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 how are you going to fight the army? Oh ho, ho, how are you going to fight tanks with your little handgun? And all is it. Well, I don't know. They Afghanistan. They didn't do too bad, right? They didn't do too. I mean, people who mock you about how you're gonna—that is what they talked about. They the founding fathers understood that an armed populace was the best check on government. Now, again, some of these folks who were kind of in the elitist category—the this reporter and others—who are like. Well, of course you don't need guns because we've got the best idea for a utopian society. We know exactly how this is supposed to go. So you should just shut up and sit down and do, I mean, the elitism, it's, you know, it's not surprising that these folks are like, oh, Second Amendment, we don't care about that. Throw that away. But the problem is, is in the long run, it's a lot harder for them to do anything about it. They can talk all they want about hanging the Second Amendment. They could talk all they want about, uh, you know, about uh, taking away those rights. But it's a lot harder to actually do because we have the Bill of Rights. Now we have the Brune decision. We have 400 million uh, guns in America. The gun ownership rate in America has continued to climb. We've had some of our best and brightest years. As the gun culture, as more and more people come into the fold, people that heretofore, you would it would be unthinkable that they would be part of the gun culture, right? I mean, those on the left, we're seeing a lot more on the left, the 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 ones that would stereotypically not be involved, right? According to the news media, minorities, lower income people, women. I mean, these are all people who we're not. I mean, we're all I'm the stereotypical gun owner, right? old white bearded guy. That's it. So it's all a bunch of redneck, white bearded guys. No. There are tons of women and minorities and people from low income areas who are getting invested and getting interested in firearms because they understand after the summer of love in 2020 and all the riots and everything that the police cannot be there to protect them at all times. They need to take that responsibility for themselves. So when you say hang the Second Amendment. Not only have you just basically outed yourself with your whole with your whole priority list we know exactly what you're pushing for Not only have you done that you basically have just told everybody exactly what you think of their freedoms and uh it's a it's a it's it's an eye opener So that was USA Today. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Washington Post. They are wrestling with another problem when it comes to privately owned guns. And it's a problem with 400 million parts. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. We're going to be back. The phone lines are still open, by the way, if you want to sound off on any of this. We'll continue the Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Back with more after this.
5: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee.
3: Hat, <laughs> nice beard.
5: The Michael Duke Show.
2: That's what I, I mean, I always wonder when these guys start mouthing off and frothing at the mouth about this kind of stuff where they're just like, screw your Second Amendment, hang your Second Amendment, you don't deserve to have a Second Amendment, you know, blah, 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 it's cake, And, and, uh, and uh, you know, first and foremost, especially when they're members of places like the news media and stuff where I'm like, dude, do you not understand where, <laughs> do you not understand how, what what kind of tremulous ground you're sitting on here? sitting on your high horse of the First Amendment, looking down on the Second Amendment. Do you not understand that that's all that keeps one free is the other? Right? I mean, is that is that not something that you understand? That's, I mean, is that... <clears throat> do you not understand that the only reason that we are free as we are is because we have, um, you know, it is because... We have been an armed society. That's the that's the problem. All right, let me go back up here. See what you guys have been talking about. Seldovia. thank you. Skagway, Sitka. Um. We need well armed, well trained securities in our schools, says Greg. Yep. Oh, had to snap a picture of that frozen screen. Priceless. Did the, did I did I did the screen freeze with me making a face? Was it like this? I'm just asking. You could screenshot that one too. Um. <clears throat> so many of us retired officers would do it, says Jeanie, talking about being school guards. Yeah. Uh, don't mind. Uh, don't mind some guard duty for a little cheddar, said Mcale. Yeah exactly um we have veterans teaching in our schools that would be willingly added extra security i mean you have veterans in the schools you could just arm the teachers who are willing to be armed and take the training and do that i mean that would be one of the ways to do it um the response to Nashville by the PD was run very well. Yes, it was. I mean, they were in there like they were on it like Donkey Kong. I mean, like they were they were on it. Um, I guess you call them by the dead name. They kill. Ki- I, well, yeah, that's exactly Sandy. You lose the right on that whole dead name thing. If you're out there killing kids, I really don't care what you identify as. You identify as a corpse as far as I'm concerned. If that's what your plan is, is to go out and kill children, that's what you should identify as, as cold, and dead. Um. Those who want our guns walk around with armed security to protect them. Okay for thee, just not for ye. Yeah, exactly. Um. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Eric says he's going to identify with a chocolate lab. Okay. I mean, hey, bow wow, bow wow. Um, Lila, who's always thought provoking in her commentary, seeing the violence in Atlanta at the Tennessee Capitol, the suburb of 2020, disarming ourselves would be foolish. Mr. Hupke needs to go away now. We're supposed to be a country that values liberty, but now we're talking about sending our children to armed camps protected by people who were taught to kill anyone who steps outside the line. If you want to raise a completely passive generation that can't think for themselves after spending 13 years in prison, that's an experiment that I I can't see the end of her comment. But she's not wrong. Just go Google Josie the outlaw on schools and prison. Josie the outlaw on YouTube on schools in prison. There's an interesting video in there because there's interesting similarities between the public schools and the prison system. Um, the Las Vegas shooting is full of mysteries also. Yes, I did. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, if you want to start replacing, you start by replacing glass doors with metal ones that can only be opened from the inside. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, well, the left doesn't like it when law-abiding citizens use the guns to defend themselves. They try to prosecute them I, again, because it all messes with their whole utopian ideal. All right, here we go. Jumping back into it, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Like it, share. Like it, chair, Like it, share.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Duke Show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can accept that. Here's Michael Duke's,
2: kind of a d- but somewhat funny. Yeah, uh, somewhat funny. I mean, that's you know, that's, that's what's going on. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Um, schools and prisons. My grandson, 11 year old, just agreed. Uh, we were just talking about you know hardening the schools, but it's more like a prison and yada yada. And it reminded me of a video from a libertarian uh, blogger that I followed for quite a while. Uh, she called herself Josie the Outlaw, and she did a whole video on YouTube about <clears throat> the similarities and the parallels between public school and the prison system. And it's a fascinating video. I mean, it's probably ten years old now, but if it's still up on YouTube, you could go take a look at it and watch it. Josie the Outlaw. Schools and prisons. It's interesting stuff. Um, <clears throat> all right. We got, um, we, we, got uh, we got some other things to talk about here. Willie Waffle's going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to lighten things up because it's been a pretty heavy show today. It's been, you know, a lot of serious stuff to talk about. Um, but we're going to go over here and uh, take a look at the next. We just finished up talking about the reporter. Ryan Hupke from uh, the USA Today, who immediately just wanted to take a, he just wanted to take a big pee on your Second Amendment rights. He just said, "Hang your Second Amendment rights. You don't need them. We're taking them." Now, he didn't say we're taking them, but that was the implication. But over at the Washington Post, they're wrestling with a bigger problem. They're wrestling with a problem that's even larger, and uh, they did, you know, look. They tried to wrestle this. Uh, they tried to wrestle with this a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure it out. The, the heart of the conundrum for the Washington post is that there are 400 million and rising privately owned firearms in the U S now, this is a number that's been bandied about by, uh, from the, <clears throat> the, uh, the, was a 2017, it was a 2012 study now it's the 2017 study, and I have often said that those studies are woefully inadequate and woefully short because, first of all, if somebody calls you from a survey and says, how many guns do you have? Are you going to tell them all the guns that you have? My estimate, my personal estimate on something like that is that there's probably closer to 700 million guns in the U.S., maybe a billion, maybe. but 700 million. I would think that that's probably closer to reality than 400 million, but let's just stick with a 400 million number. So the Washington Post is trying to figure it out. They're like, well, "But we got uh, we got all these problems." Um, Philip Bump is who writes for the Washington Post on this, and um, he said the problem uh, the the problem for him and others in the gun control movement is that they view crime reduction as a supply side issue. Uh, that the only way to reduce violence is to reduce the number of guns in society, right? But the problem for for Bump is there are so many guns. Partisan politics heavily infects both gun ownership and the response to gun ownership, of course. The National Rifles Association's effort to argue that the best antidote to gun violence is an armed response has become a central tenet of Republican politics. On Monday, the Washington Post published a lengthy look at how the AR-15 became a central part of the political discussion about how gun ownership and, uh, and how it became a talisman of the pro-gun advocacy. It's estimated that there are 20 million AR-style rifles in the U.S. at this point, a powerful, deadly weapon that didn't exist as a consumer product two decades ago, which is blatantly false. It's been a consumer-grade weapon for f- almost going on 50 years. So I I don't know where he got that part, but two decades ago. There have been proposals aimed at reducing that figure. As part of his short-lived 2020 presidential candidacy, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke proposed buying back assault weapons like the AR. Even if that were successful, of course, there would still likely be some 300 million firearms in the U.S. According to that 2012 CRS report, many of the deadliest firearms would be gone, but hundreds of millions more would remain. I would like to point out again that 95% of murders with firearms are done with handguns. So by removing AR-style rifles, you've only removed 5% of the problem. At most. 5%. Sorry, that was my mocking cough. (laughs) 5% of the problem. He said, uh, it's significantly reducing gun deaths necessarily means significantly reducing firearms ownership. You could see the problem. It's hard to think of a way that ownership could be reduced significantly, even if the political will to do so suddenly materialized. There are far more American guns than there are Americans. That's been part of the argument for many years, and nobody seems to have picked up on it except for Mr. Bump. How are you going to go... Oh, we is like Australian style gun control. There were 300,000 firearms in, in New Zealand or in Australia. They didn't have millions and millions and millions of firearms. It's a whole different deal. You want to try and do good. Good luck. Good luck. I, is there a way? I mean, first of all, this is not a supply side issue, even though you keep trying to frame it as that. Because again, 99.9% of all lawful gun gun owners are not doing bad things with their firearms. It's the illegal possessors and that small little fraction that are making the problems. All right, I got to, before I get too wound up on this, I got to go over here to the phones. We got some uh, phone calls coming in. Uh, We've got uh, just a few minutes here before we got to take a break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Randy in Fairbanks?
2: Randy, what's on your
1: mind? Well, I'm just very grateful that we have the Second Amendment. And I bet if the people in Australia had had the Second Amendment, they wouldn't be a disarmed people. And I think that being a disarmed people changes the psychology of the people and also the psychology of whoever's in the government. Because, uh, as you recall, during the COVID uh, time, a couple years ago there, uh, it I was appalled at the at the level of bondage that those people were subjected to. I think they were locked up in their homes and manhandled around. And uh, I just don't think that would have happened if they were an armed population, and I don't think that the uh, government would have contemplated even doing that if it was an armed population. I mean, it's not like <clears throat> well, if they if that had if they were all armed, you know, they would have had a revolution in the street. It would have just stopped it from being being even contemplated. I think.
2: Well, you're right about one thing. In Australia, they do not have their rights enshrined the same way that we do. I mean, they do not have the fundamental right to keep and bear arms, and that was one of the ways the government uh, was able to do it. Uh, Surprisingly, it's been reported since. um, uh, It's surprisingly, it's been reported since the amnesty in uh, the 90s in Australia. Uh, It's come out that the compliance rate in Australia was abysmal. They only gathered, I think it was just under 300,000, 270,000 or something firearms were gathered up, and it's estimated that that compliance rate was somewhere around 25% or 30% of the overall firearms that are in the country. The law-abiding citizens just ignored the edict. Now, there's obviously potentials for criminal things and all that other stuff, but they just said, nope, sorry, not going to participate in this madness. And they did it. So while you're right, they it would have been better if they did have a constitutionally protected right of a Second Amendment in Australia. Uh, I'm sure there was still have been a portion that went through and did it and did all that. But the good news is, is that there's still plenty of people out there who have retained their rights to uh, uh, to, you know, hold on to their firearms. And they've just they put them in the, you know, put them in the attic or whatever for a rainy day. And we'll see what happens if anything ever goes bad over there. But uh, I think that they did what. Most probably, what most Americans would do, they would just be civilly disobedient. they would just refuse to comply um and <clears throat> there'd be attics and garages and crawl spaces that were you know had all the old uh, had a had a had a trunk with a bunch of guns in it from way back when, and I think that's what would happen here in America
1: well well, that's good, but another aspect of that that scenario where you have draconian anti-gun confiscatory laws and people putting their, hiding their guns away in, you know, in the ground or trunks or whatever, is that, uh, I think the left-wingers can, can live with that too, because they know that it keeps the, the population muzzled. All these gun owners that have guns hidden away, they also want to keep their head down, keep a low profile, go about their business, not speak out too much, because if they started speaking out too
2: much... Randy, I'm sorry, we got to go here. The Michael Duke Show... Common Sense Radio. Sorry about that, Randy. I was coming up on the break. Um, hold the line here. I'll let you finish your thought out because I was coming up on the on the break there for a hard break. What's? Uh, you, 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 I'll let you finish.
1: Oh well, I was just saying that when you have a situation where you have uh, you know gun confiscation laws in effect, but yet you have people hiding their guns away, which is understandable They you want to do that. The effect, though, is that it can muzzle the people because they don't want to be found out with their guns. They don't want the government uh, persecuting them, looking into them, investigating them, uh, and finding these guns, and then prosecuting them, you know, selectively, you know, for the people that speak out for right, liberty. Right, they can, they, right. The, the government would have the tools to selectively prosecute those people, ignoring all the other silent people because they're going along with everything. Yeah, no, so you're... that's the problem. <clears throat> I also wanted to ask you a question. Yeah, you're not wrong in that. Go ahead and ask uh, your question. Kel- okay, my question is Have you heard of the Keltec rifles, specifically like the Keltec SU 16, which is a semi automatic rifle? I had never heard of it until someone brought it to my attention. This company's been around since the late 90s or sometime yeah. like that. Keltec, K E L. Yep. Kel-
2: Kel-Tec yep. makes, uh, you know about yeah, they're out of Florida and they make, uh, they make, uh, I wouldn't say they're budget rifles, but they're, you know, they make a decent gun. They have some very interesting designs. The SU-16 is one. It's a little, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting breakdown uh, 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 223 rifle. Um, some of their more popular guns include the kel KSG, which is a dual barrel uh, pump shotgun. Um, uh, which is a bullpup uh, two barrel t- pump shotgun. They also make the the PMR thirty, which is a a little uh, <clears throat> thirty round pistol It shoots twenty two uh twenty two magnums. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I always wanted a car a, Pel- a Kel Tec uh, uh um uh RFB, which is a it's a bullpup rifle. Fires seven point six two rounds. It's a little bullpup rifle, about twenty two inches in length or twenty four inches in length. Uh, that is, uh, it ejects out the front. It's a very cool. They've got some really innovative stuff. <clears throat> they, you know, they've they've had problems in the past with with quality issues, but I think most of those have been taken care of over the last ten or fifteen years. Uh, so yeah, Keltec is a well known name. They uh, they do some interesting things. Like I said, if anybody wanted to buy me something for my birthday. Celtech RFB would be perfect so you guys talk amongst yourselves and th- pass the hat around and get me a Celtech RFB that's what I would love <laughs> I'd love to have one of those in my uh in my safe that Good. would be an interesting thing all right well, thank you for that all right thank Maybe. you appreciate thank you Michael appreciate it Randy Bye. thanks for calling in Bye. uh all right so that's that Good. we're gonna go ahead and uh close out the phones here because we've got Willie coming up let me get caught up in the chat room here to see what you guys and gals are talking about. Um, Guns would show up in force when the rail is being laid to the gas chambers," said Harold. I'd hope I'd hope it would be sooner than that, but you know. <clears throat> um. Uh, <laughs> Brian said Harold's being uncharacteristically optimistic today, and then Harold said, "I have zero interest in getting gassed." Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. Um. James said Pam and I ran across an old prospector deep in the Australian outback who had an old revolver hanging in a holster off the handlebars of his ATV. Uh, he had a huge metal detector hanging off the contraption he was towing around. I can't read the rest of it, uh, unfortunately, James. If you want to break that up into a couple pieces, I'd love to hear it. Was he out searching for guns? Is that what he was doing with a metal detector? I, inquiring minds want to know. I suppose I could pop over to this window here and see if I can actually see, uh, if I can actually see James's comments here. <clears throat> I try not to stress the system out too much. The worst thing about Street... Well, not the worst thing. One bad thing about StreamYard is that uh, it truncates a lot of the messages so I can't see the full message. Uh, and so, come on. Did I just kill the whole system? Um, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it to pop up. Come on, give me the comments there. There we go. Um, oh, no, it truncated the whole... Um, I guess that was it. That was the whole message. I didn't realize uh, that that was the whole message. Um, Okay. He was protecting his poke. Oh, I see. There you go. Uh, All right. We're about 60 seconds out. Um, That was my question. When he said he had a huge metal detector hanging off the contraption, I was thinking, was he out searching for buried guns? Because, I mean, that's not a bad idea at that point uh but he was protecting his poke i I see that for sure. all right. we're coming up on it. The line is buzzing. Willie Waffle's ready to jump in. Let's get to it. please like and share the video. like and follow the show page um subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Do all the things. Don't forget my birthday caltech r f b seven point six two that's <laughs> I've wanted one of those for fifteen years. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Let's do it. Okay, it's the weekend. Oh, man. And we missed our last check-in last week, so it's unfortunate. Now we got a double dose of trouble from the one, the only, the incomparable movie and entertainment critic, Willie Waffle. Hello, my friend. How's, how's life?
3: Oh, my God. It's like you're getting two weeks' worth of me. That's how excited I am. That's how much life has meant to me these last two weeks. I've just been sitting on stuff and sitting on stuff and sitting on stuff. Waiting, yeah. And now it's time to
2: unleash. And usually we have a hard enough time with one week's worth of you, so I don't know what's going to happen here. (laughs) My head could explode. Uh, All right, well, let's dive into the entertainment stuff to begin with. And uh, since since this is topical and in the news and it all ended yesterday— um, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but I heard about it last week. Gwyneth Paltrow apparently mowed down some guy on the ski slope. Um, a former a former optometrist was apparently she ran him right over on the ski slope in 2016. Uh, he claims it was a hit and run and left him with some uh, TBI and some other things and everything else. Uh, what's the deets on this? I mean, tell me what's going on here. Well, the jury disagrees with you, sir. Yes, that was the crux of the case. He he claimed
3: that Gwyneth Fowcher ran him over, left him with, with, with brain damage. It, it changed his personality. He couldn't live the life that he used to live. He, he couldn't travel and enjoy things. His girlfriend dumped him because he was crabby. He said, you know, she, she, she broke like four of his ribs. I mean, it was a disaster. And then the trial started. And oh my my my! Gwyneth Paltrow pays some really expensive lawyers very very well. <laughs> so, I mean, the whole thing has been insane. I mean, it has been a nasty negative scene inside the uh, inside the the courthouse. I mean, and you yet know, you sound they, so they and back. yet and yet you sound I so do.
2: excited about it. You're just like, oh, well, it was the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was so good. It was
3: awesome because they were so nasty to each other and like they were just throwing accusations back and forth, even in the, even in the courtroom. And I mean, and she, and she played dirty. Let me tell you something. Okay. You know, first of all, she testified that when it happened, he ran into her and that um she felt like maybe someone was trying to sexually assault her because the the, the ski ended up between her legs and they fell on top of each other and, she heard some sort of grunt. <gasps> and oh, then god. Oh god. And then
2: this is to
3: prove that then to prove that like, you know, he 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 always was kind of a curmudgeonly jerk, they brought out his daughter, who had testified in his divorce case years ago. Oh god. That he was a curmudgeonly jerk. <laughs> and then and then the coup de gras. Gwyneth Paltrow's people provided an animated video of what happened, and it was like, yeah, I'm not saying it was quite Hollywood quality, but it was pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> and all he all he could respond with was drawing some stick figures on a paper saying, this is what really happened. Uh, She's lying.
2: Oh, God. So
3: me, Paltrow won,
2: baby. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't pay the lawyers. He's paying the lawyers because she countersued him for a dollar plus legal fees, right? <laughs> That's As, right. And those legal fees
3: are going to be probably like two million bucks.
2: <laughs> Why do we? Oh, my well, God. It was... It, Why why do we cackle so gleefully over, uh, you know, It's, it's, and of course she's such, she's so weird anyway. All right. um, Yeah. Let's move on. Winnie the Pooh, out of copyright. Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey. We knew it was going to be controversial. We just had no idea it was going to be this controversial. Apparently, movie theaters in China have decided all on their own with no pressure from the Chinese government to pull Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey from theaters there. And the Chinese government swears they had nothing to do with it. Well, and even worse, in Hong Kong.
3: Yeah. And and that's <laughs> really, that's where people are going, oh, my, my. So, you know, those of you who don't know, uh, you know, in China, the images of Winnie the Pooh are basically forbidden and banned. Right. Because he, he kind of looks like the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. Right. And, uh, he, and the president has a little bit of a thin skin about this. So Hong Kong had, like, over 30 theaters ready to start playing the movie. They did press screenings. They started advertising it. And suddenly, shockingly, all the theaters, like, two days before it opened, pulled it from yeah. theaters and of course yeah and and
2: yeah the, the censorship bureau uh doth protested too much when they're like we had nothing to do with it they all decided on their own independently not to run the film we had nothing to do with it yeah okay uh-huh. that's right
3: all 30
2: i just find it amazing <laughs> i just find it amazing that winnie the pooh is the anti it's the revolutionary symbol for people in china i just find that hysterical. We will free your people with images of Winnie the Pooh. Exactly. Whatever it takes, (laughs) as long as it's Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Winnie the Pooh is essentially the Rosie the Riveter of China. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy Renner. Um, He, uh, of course, Hawkeye and uh, Hansel and Gretel and a bunch of other movies. Um, he of course was injured back in, what was it? January. He got hurt. Yeah. Um, January 1st, right yeah, on new year's day. Yeah. He got crushed by a piece of equipment. Like it, I mean, there was rumors that he'd lost a leg. I mean, it was like pretty bad, yeah. but, uh, he's bounced back, <laughs> you know, good for him. I mean, you, cause you're right. He
3: was run over by a plow. Like, right a massive snowplow, right. and, and he, he almost died. I mean, he lost a ton of blood. He wasn't able to walk for a while. Well, you know, a couple of big things have come out this week. The first one is that he is going to appear at the premiere of his new disney plus show renovations uh coming up here in april i think it was like april 11th right and uh, this is gonna be one of his first public appearances he's gonna be there in hollywood you know when they do the big red carpet the night before it premieres on disney plus and then right after that announcement it came out he's doing a special one-on-one interview on abc with diane sawyer to talk about all of it um par- coming up in the next week or so uh before the before the uh, thing in hollywood wow. and uh you know it's kind of amazing i mean he actually put out a video that, that he's using some sort of anti-gravitational uh, device to help him learn how to walk, and kind of take some of the pressure off so he can use his legs and start building up strength and start walking again. And I'm sorry, this to me is about as close to a miracle as, as you can ever imagine.
2: Yeah, he was walking on a, one of those anti-gravity treadmills that's got the thing that reduces your weight, and then uh, he apparently has to relearn some of the walking motions. I mean, it was bad yeah. enough that he's trying to teach himself to walk again, which is... Dang. Um, so good for him. I'm glad to hear that he came back and everything's good. Uh, Jeremy Renner, this show Rennervations, which is going to be streaming, uh, what, a couple weeks?
3: Yeah, it's Disney Plus starting April 12th, and it, it's basically it's, it's four episodes long. And it's, it's him and, and these experts who take these old, this old government equipment, like these old government, you know, device, not device vehicles, and they repurpose them and they renovate them and, and they give them to different groups that help kids around, around the, around the world.
2: That's so cool. All right. Well, good. I'm yeah. glad to see that he made it through. I was happy for that. And, uh. Good to see that he's uh, he's made it uh, made it through. All right. We got three things to talk about. We didn't get a chance to talk about John Wick last week. I'm going to leave that for last. <laughs> uh, but we do got two other things. Unstable, Rob Lowe. Love me some Rob Lowe. New series on Netflix. What's going on?
3: Yeah, this is like the most straightforward uh, situation comedy that I think Netflix has ever had. And it's yes, Rob Lowe. He plays kind of like a, a Steve Jobs kind of guy. This this uh, tech genius uh, has his own company. He's he's revered around the planet. He's considered a business genius, but he suffers a tragedy. His wife dies, and uh, this has impacted him greatly to the point where he's kind of lost it a little bit and uh, is acting strange, acting goofy, acting crazy, uh, goofy in, in in a comedy way for the show. And uh, he he may end up uh, getting kicked out. And so the people who are part of his inner circle decide the only way to help him is to bring his son back from New York, who, you know, kind of doesn't spend a lot of time with him to try to kind of bring him back and ground him and get him back on track. And, you know, it it, it really is a silly comedy. I mean, yeah, it throws in some drama here and there. And, yeah, there's an emotional string that's going throughout the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, But mostly it's just it's Rob Lowe acting like he's crazy. You know, Rob Lowe, the, the CEO who decides one day when he's driving to work, He stops when he sees a grounds crew and he decides to join in and work with them for a while. Or, you know, he likes to hang out in his office naked because he thinks it makes him think better. You know, these kind of things (laughs) that are very comedy
2: related. (laughs) Oh, okay, That sounds like it's a it's a lot of fun. So does it work?
3: I think it works. I think it's 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 very witty. I love the dialogue in here. I just think Rob Lowe is is one of the best people in comedy today. Uh, you know, just his delivery, the way he creates this character, the way he says the most crazy, insane, over-the-top, unbelievable stuff in a very matter-of-fact way that makes right. You giggle. Right, right. <laughs> I say I'm going three waffles. Three for, waffles. For Unstable. Unstable. On Netflix
2: yeah. right now with Rob Lowe. Okay, I'll watch it uh this is what i've been kind of waiting for because i'm a nerd uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves in theaters chris pine et al, a huge group of people uh very talented actors um this is the third i think dungeons and dragons movie that has come out over the last 25 years and the other three yep. other two are so forgettable you just don't even bother to try and find them what do you think have done and- well yeah they have not done well <laughs> i'm hearing some pretty good things about this overall What what do you think There's a lot of good things to
3: talk about with this movie. I mean, it really is a a great combination of what you love Dungeons & Dragons for, and everybody else gets to laugh and enjoy the show, too. Okay, so, you know, Chris Pine is kind of like living in this medieval world. He's a thief. We find out why he's a thief uh, as as the story unfolds. I don't want to give away too much. And uh, he and his buddy, Michelle Rodriguez, have a chance to get out of jail, and they do. Maybe not legally getting out of jail. And they head back to their old crew and their old town, and everything's gone different. Everything's changed. And they have to find an old relic to return things back to normal. And that's where the adventure begins, or should we say, the journey begins. Yeah, the quest,
2: the yes. major quest, the quest begins. The quest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I saw a breakdown the other day on a D&D website because again, I'm a nerd, and they talked about how true to the the actual D&D system the spells are and the characters, you got a bard, you got a barbarian, you got a wizard, you got a you know, you got you got a, a druid, all this kind of stuff, <laughs> and I mean, it's just it's just this kind of super cool thing. And of course, when you got a cast of characters who are as experienced as all these actors are, it's kind of hard to screw it up. I mean, it has been done, but it's kind of hard to screw it up. How does it, how does it score story-wise and everything?
3: Oh, no, I'm going three waffles. I mean, listen, I think it's a little bit too long. Uh, I, I won't lie about that. I mean, it really does. You know, it does stretch and stretch and stretch, and it does feel kind of repetitive uh, for a while, kind of in the middle. Uh, but once they once they decide, okay, now it's time to wrap it up because we don't have anything left to prove. Now we get to where we really need to be. And and I, I again, I like the wittiest sides. I think Chris Pine is very charming. I think Mo, Michelle Rodriguez is very funny. You Grant in here is kind of the bad guy. Always is fantastic and steals the show. I, I'm I'm three waffles for Dungeons and Dragons. That's, I think it's a really good time. It's a swashbuckler, my friend. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. I think it's a swashbuckling <laughs> movie, and I might actually break my streak of not going to the movie theaters to go see it on the big screen. I think it's one that may deserve the big screen. So um, Ooh, I
3: think <clears throat> I think it would be hard not to see it on the big screen, just simply because of all the characters that they create and all this wild yeah. adventure that they get involved with. I mean, it it looks pretty nice on that big screen.
2: All right, the one we've all been waiting for. Well, we have. Willie has it because Willie hates fun. Um, John Wick 4.
3: That's right. John Wick is going to fight people in the Middle East, and he's going to fight people in in Japan, and he's going to fight people in Paris. He's going to fight people all over the world.
2: In the streets, in the deserts, in a building, in a mirrored hall. (laughs) He's going to fight them everywhere.
3: And that's the movie. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, story, I mean, story, story pretty much is he has a chance to take down the high table. He has a chance to win his freedom. Finally, after all four movies, well, this fourth movie on top of it. Right. And he, he decides he is going to take on the Maquis played by Bill Skarsgård. He lures him out. There shall be a duel. It shall be a duel to the end and
2: who will win Well, you're going to have to go see the movie to find out You have to go see. Well, you may not have to go. You may not have to go see the movie because uh, now they're talking about the fourth one was supposed to be the final one. But I saw a post from Paramount yesterday that said they're in negotiations for John Wick five. So I'm just saying, well, I will
3: say this. I mean, without giving anything away. okay? um, I thought the ending was very fun with how it ended and 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 leaving the possibility of a john wick 5 on the table but also maybe a real ending and i'm just gonna tease you with oh, that
2: it, i'm gonna throw
3: that out it there, could be okay? read
2: either way is what you're saying okay it,
3: yes it could <laughs> Could be read but, either you know, way it's great action i mean i think that you know we, we've seen that in all of the all of these movies i mean i am a big fan of the John Woo style of action yeah. that you have in yeah. these movies I mean you know it looks awesome it's so well choreographed I love the way they work in the slow motion and the moves and it's not like these new action movies where everything's a quick cut because nobody knows no, how to do it long so, single
2: <laughs> long single takes I mean so intricate what we call gunfu I mean it is amazing negative one to three waffles where are we at Two and a half waffles. Okay, I can live with it. You're, you're not dead to me anymore. Folks, we're out of time. We gotta go. John Wick and Dungeons and Dragons. Go see him today. Back with more on Monday. Have a great weekend. So I gotta say it was a, it was a low point in our friendship when I when you first reviewed the first John Wick movie and you were like. one waffle or something and i'm like oh my god you are because i never bought into these i just i don't know it's
3: just you know i'll give the action is fantastic love the action think it's great
2: good acting too i mean all there is yeah i mean you got Lawrence (laughs) fishburne you got uh what's his face mean there's good acting bill skarsgård i can't wait to see you know what what he brings to this plate i'm sure it's going to be amazing um but you didn't go to watch citizen kane you went no, to watch that's you probably the problem yeah you went to watch <laughs> you went to watch a John Moob John Woo movie which is <laughs> which is a ballet of the gun right I mean that's what this is all yes. about. Uh, it's like watching that's hard. I'm looking for... It's like no, no, it, go ahead. it's like you're watching hard boiled or one of the older John Woo flicks from <laughs> Hong Kong, right? You didn't go to watch you're the right, tremendous right. acting in the story. You went to watch the poetic and ballet of of violence. That's what you went to watch, and uh, that's what I love about this. They do such an amazing job. Go ahead.
3: I'm looking forward to The Ballerina with Anna de Armas.
2: Yeah, well, I know it because it's got Anna de Armas in it, right? I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah that's going to be really that's cool. That's the new spinoff, it, by it, the it, way. Yeah, for folks who it, don't yep. know, that's the John Wick spinoff off Ana de Armas plays another assassin called The Ballerina.
3: Um, who, who will have a confrontation with Keanu Reeves because her movie is taking place in the time period
2: between John Wick 3 and John Wick 4. I i love it I, I love it i can't wait to i can't wait to see it i'm excited might have to go i might have to do a double feature that day DD and john wick just because
3: <laughs> you'll be in the theater for like eight hours i'm, if
2: you do that. I'm okay with that i'm okay with that <laughs> all right my friend i will talk to you next week thanks for coming on board see you next week folks we gotta go the michael luke show comic sense radio